We've reached my favorite part of the show, which is where we talk to South Africans or Africans who are doing amazing things. So for tonight's show, we're going to be talking to Dr. Ntabiseng Lekhwete, and she's the founder of Kwali Health, um, which is, I actually don't want to give it away. So I'm actually just going to say, hi, good evening, Dr. Lekhwete. Nice to have you on the line with us. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. So, um I was quite excited when I when I, you know, came across an article about you. So, I don't want to give it away to the to the to the listeners. Um this is your soapbox. So, let's start here. Can you please tell us what is Quali Health? What is Quali Health about? So, Quali Health is a provider of high quality uh primary healthcare services um in underserved communities. Um, and primary health care is basically your basic medical services is where you go um, when you initially get sick. So it's basically your GP kind of services. Um, and the rationale for developing something like quality health was in recognition of the way our healthcare system is and it does, the fact that it doesn't cater for the majority of um, the, the population in terms of quality. So as most people know, we've got a private and a public healthcare system. The private health system works well, efficiently, it's well-resourced, but it's very, very expensive. Mm. And the public system is completely the opposite. It's under-resourced, it's non-efficient, and it's really um, typified by long queues, you know, which a lot of people cannot afford to, to actually be standing in because they're working. Mm. Um, and really, it was just about bringing what the private sector is bringing to only 18% of the population to, 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 to the majority of South Africans. And we opened our first um, site on the 1st of May this year in Deep Sweat. Mm. Um, and um, we basically premise on three main things. We want to make healthcare affordable. Uh, we want to make it convenient, which basically means that you don't just bring something that people can afford, but you make it convenient for them to access it. And our convenience is basically displayed by the fact that we open 12 days, I mean, seven days a week, 12 hours a day, and that our processing time for any GP case is between 15 and 20 minutes. And then obviously to make sure that it's of an acceptable quality. Um, and all of that, what allows us to, to deliver on all these three pillars is the use of technology. So we are paperless environment and one of the very first paperless healthcare solutions in this country. And yes, that's in a nutshell what Quali Health is. Wow, that sounds absolutely amazing. Um, Dr. Lohete, maybe give me a bit of an idea and, and give our listeners a bit of an idea of um, sort of, you know, how, how did your journey bring you to this point? Um, you know, what is your academic background in what caused you to, to get into this kind of space? Okay, so I've, I qualified from um, the University of Pretoria as a medical practitioner in 2003. And I did the whole mandatory internship and community service where I was obviously uh, stationed in the public sector. And that's when obviously you become aware, acutely aware of the efficiencies and, 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 the, and the challenges in that sector. The fact that it's, it services such a big population, but it doesn't have the resources to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I then um, had um, a stint in, in a pharmaceutical world where I got to understand the commercial side of healthcare. Mm-hmm. But I've spent a majority of my time in the pi- private sector. And what obviously stood out for me then was the fact that this sector runs well. It's like a well-oiled machine, but it's inaccessible to the majority of, of people in South Africa. And But what made it personal for me was the fact that I had family members who were not on medical aid. So just mm. to go back, only 18% of the South African population is on a medical aid, mm. which basically means it's only 18% that can really fully access the private sector. The rest are reliant on the public sector. And I had family members, two of whom died because 
they did not afford to, um, they, they couldn't get help mm. soon enough in the public sector, but they could not afford the private sector. And for me, it was just getting to a point where um, I'm just so tired of healthcare being a luxury good. You know, mm. we can't treat healthcare such an essential good as like a Louis Vuitton bag. Yeah. And really our mission is to democratize healthcare and mm. to make it accessible for every single South African. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. And and, and I, I love that, to democratize healthcare, because right now in South Africa, healthcare really is a luxury, um, a luxury good. So um, talk me through what happened. So I get to your quality health centers. What happens when I walk in? Um, you know, what is the kind of services that you offer when people walk in? How much does it cost? You know, what are the sort of differentiators from a normal, um, you know, private uh, healthcare interaction with the GP? Okay. So generally what, what the private healthcare, the way the private healthcare structured, is structured now is that it's very fragmented. So, um, and most people would, would have um, experience of this where you go and you consult, but then you get a prescription. So even if some people dispense, you know, it's very limited. So you get a prescription and you still have to go and purchase um, a medication over and above that. Mm. Um, also, if you need any procedures or if you need any additional tests, it's an added cost. And one thing that is very particular about healthcare is that it's got what we call information asymmetry, which basically means that as a patient, you don't know what you're going to need when you're yes. sick. All you know is that you're sick. Mm. So what we do is that we charge an all-inclusive fee of 250 With that 250 you are guaranteed to get the medication that you need for that condition. You're guaranteed to get any basic blood tests okay, that are supposed to enable us to make a decision. Mm. And also, you know, what we solved for, looking at how spatially townships are situated in relation to referral hospitals, you're guaranteed that should you need a referral to a public, a public hospital, um, you will be referred not to go stand in a queue again. You will be referred to a specific ward because we'll have made arrangements for you, right? Mm. Um, and more than anything, you will be transported there. Because, you know, what I've noticed is that, you know, the healthcare system is such is so overwhelming for people mm. that we're not going to end up saying, oh, you, you, you know, this is what you've got and you need to go to a public hospital. It doesn't help. You have to navigate a person and hold their hand through the whole journey. Um, so that's the one element, you know, in terms of having this all-inclusive package and having this whole, you know, holistic approach to, to a health care. But essentially, when you come in um, at Quality Health, you know, what we, what we try and do is restore the dignity and respect mm. that is so lacking um, in servicing the lower-income market. So one of the things, you know, we do strive on is to make people feel welcome and making people feel special and, um, and, and treating everybody like a VIP. And then also making sure that every step that they encounter in the facility is, is, is value-adding. So, for example, if you're there for two hours because you're lying on a drip, that's value-adding. But if you're there for an hour because we are busy processing this and processing that is not value-adding, and that's mm. what we've taken away, to say every single step must add value. And that's really how we process the patients as, as, as swiftly, uh, but cautiously, um, as we do. Mm. So, I'm listening to you, and I must say that I'm getting, I'm getting quite emotional um, and I'm getting emotional because, uh, you know, so a few weeks ago we had someone else talking to us in studio um, 
And as we were speaking, uh, you know, the, a big point that came up was about the fact that healthcare and access to healthcare is as much a medical question as it is a political question, as it is a social yes. question, as it is an economic question. And I think that mm. um, this kind of uh, model that you're using is extremely disruptive, but also extremely beautiful, for lack of a better term, because, you know, you're not just taking into account the fact that ordinary healthcare is expensive. You're taking into account the fact that most of the lower income, um, you know, segment probably isn't getting proper healthcare because they don't have the time to stand in lines because, you know, they're not working in a place where you can just ask your boss to quickly take half day leave to go and stand in a line to go and access healthcare. And I think that having such a, um, a holistic approach to the way in which you look after your, your, your patients, um, yeah, it and I say beautiful, and it, I can't think of another word, but it's really something that that's absolutely warming warming my heart. Um, another yeah. question that that I that I wanted to ask you has to do with how are you? How do you ensure that this service is 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 properly delivered? Um, by your staff, because we know that within the healthcare sector, one of the biggest challenges, and I think both in the private and the public sector, but more so in the public sector, is the fact that um, medical staff are not necessarily remunerated well. They're not really um, motivated, part and mostly because of their their working conditions. So you know, if mm. you're charging two hundred and fifty for a referral, medication, blood test, transport, you know, navigating, a, if you Charging such a small amount, you know, for this wide array of services, how are you keeping your, your costs down? How are you able to look after your staff and, and, and the people that work with your patients? Okay. So I'm going to answer that question in four parts. Um, the first is, is with regards, how do you make sure that your staff deliver the service and they're motivated? Mm. And, it, you know, the, the, the thing about people is that you will behave in the way that you're being rewarded, mm. okay? Um, and it really is it's about what an organization incentivizes. And Quality Health incentivizes friendly service, mm. okay? Um, and, and our mantra is everybody can be upscaled, but somebody with a bad attitude cannot be, you know, is, 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 is in, I wouldn't say they're not salvageable, but, you know, it's very difficult to mm. get that person to, 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 to have a certain attitude. So that's mm. the one thing. But secondly, is that in order for you to do that, you can't, you cannot expect your employees to take care of your customers if you don't take care of your employees. Mm. Okay. So it goes way beyond remuneration. It really goes about how you treat people. Mm. If you treat people um, like they matter and that what they do matter. So if a cleaner knows that their job is not menial, um, in a sense that um, it's, 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 it's just somebody that can, can easily be replaced. But it's so vital because if this place is not clean, this is what it means. Mm. People tend to buy into that. So, and, and that's really what we focus on. But secondly, um, we've, you, you know, you have to put systems in place to ensure that the quality is, is, is the way you want it to and, and the customer service is the way you want it to. One of the things that we, we, are, we, are, we are strict on is, is being customer-centric. Mm. We're not um, an internally-facing organization. We're basically guided by what, by what our customers say and how our customers experience it, and we keep close tabs on that. Okay, and that guides us because that will tell you when the wave is changing, when the service delivery changes, mm. or when there was a staff member that was unfriendly, you will pick it up from your customer. Mm. Um, in terms of costs, you know, one of the things that I used to say before I started Quali Health was 
if all I do is make people realize how absurd healthcare costs are. Okay, and I think because you don't know, you take them, you, you think it is meant to be expensive. Mm. That is not that is not the reality. The reason why the private healthcare sector is so expensive is that it only caters for 18% of the population. Right. What's remarkable about that 18% is that it's remained like that for the past 10 years or so, or even mm. longer. I mean, for the longest time, we've talked about 9 million in short lives. But mm. even more remarkable is that those 9 million, uh, million lives include main members and beneficiaries. Okay. Mm. So when you've got a, a sector that's structured like that, what it means is that the only way they can remain competitive is by charging higher and higher prices. Right. Okay. And what I'm saying is that healthcare can be affordable if you then stop having a profit motive and not to say that you won't um, this model is not profit mm-hmm. mo- uh, profitable or has got a potential to be profitable absolutely not but you, you kind of have to have a balance because it is a service that is meant to deliver social good so you need to reach that balance okay so um, the costs are um, acceptable and the cost is doable and mm. we've been able to do it. And um, the fact that we've been able to do it is obviously evidenced by the fact that we're looking to open three more facilities next year. Wow. It wouldn't have been possible. It wouldn't have been feasible if it, if it wasn't, if, if we hadn't caught an, um, an idea that this is something that works. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think it, it basically requires that paradigm shift from extreme profiteering and, and high margins to, yes, let's lower our margins um, quite a bit, but let's deliver it for the greater good and have the volumes come in. Yeah. So tell me now, when, when, we, when we talk about, you know, your operations in the community, you guys are in Deep Slot, eh? It is Deep Slot. Yes. Yeah. So um, in terms of your operations in, the, in that community, can you firstly give us an idea of maybe some of the, the challenges that you've experienced, but also some of the more rewarding um, uh, cases or, you know, more rewarding experience that you've had from that? Yeah. So, so the challenge, the first challenge that we did face, um, because we didn't have um, an idea of the magnitude of how it would affect on the business, was really the distance um, of Deep Slit to a referral hospital. So mm-hmm. the, the nearest referral hospital is 40 kilometers sure. away. Okay. Wow. Now, that is alarming if you take into effect the dynamics of somebody who lives in Deep Slit, you don't have a car. Mm. Um, so if you really get ill after certain hours, you know, it really is a challenge. Even, even in normal working hours, especially with state ambulances not responding. Yes. As swiftly as, as, as they should. Um, the second challenge has been the fact that, um, you know, it is um, a cash-based business. And, and, and where, that, where the challenge comes in is with regards to, you know, you, you, do, you, know, you do need to make a contingency for people who cannot pay, mm. um, which we fortunately not have had an issue with. But... You know, you do have people that get sick mid-month where they don't have cash. Mm. And then those people would then present towards the end of the month. And from a health perspective, what that means is that somebody comes in when the disease has progressed significantly. Mm. So those are the challenges that we are still trying to, to figure out. To say, how do we then cater for that person when they're sick on the 18th? Mm. Um, you know, that they, they, they're still able to get the health care that they need without necessarily um, eating too much um, into, into, into our, you know, in, mm. in, into our costs yeah. or adding too much to our costs. Um, and, and, you know, how, how, do, how do you add to that element and how do you, how do you deliver basically health care yes. um, and, to, and to improve the access even when people don't necessarily have the cash at that time? So, you know, those are the things um, 
that that we we, we you know we hassle with every single day. But you know, I always believe that there's always a solution, and the solution doesn't always lie in the obvious. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, organizations like Uber mm, <laughs> um, exactly. have made so many things possible, and we need to start thinking out of the box with healthcare. Yeah. Um. So um, what I want to know is just how. What is the best way for for people to support you? Um, I, I'm sure that you know. As you're looking to expand, you guys must be looking, I suppose, for investors or people that can come on board with you. So, give us an idea of how people can can support you. Um, yeah, how can we support? Okay. So the first thing is, um, if there's somebody who's interested in investing, um, it has to be an investor that is also wanting to impact social good mm. um, and, and not necessarily wanting to be in and out and obviously being in it for the long horizon. Um, the second thing is um, in terms of support is, um, you know, just just tell people about it. Just mm. tell people that there's a facility available. I mean, this facility will work and will continue to thrive if there's volumes that come in. Mm. Um, but... Um, yeah, pop in into the facility. I mean, there's always something that we're doing. If somebody wants, you know, to come and help with some marketing services or whatever it is, we're always keen mm. to hear other, you know, disruptive ideas or yeah. especially fresh young ideas mm-hmm. um, as to how we can reach the target market and how we can serve. They serve the target market. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, we, we open. We don't, I don't necessarily have anything specific, but mm. I'm always open to share to something innovative and, and, and fascinating yeah. and out of this world. And, yeah. And just in terms of reaching you, because um, I also was trying to see, you know, what's the best way for us to reach you? Do you guys have a social media presence, um, your website? Can you maybe give us those details as well? Yes. So the website is www.qualihealth.co.za. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fairly static at the moment, but it should become more interactive in the list next week or so. Mm. Um, and obviously, with um, with that, will come the the social media page, mm. um, which will be under Quali Health. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, if somebody does want to get hold of me personally, the best way is to get hold of me via my email. Mm-hmm. My email is in Tabi Singh, and that's mm-hmm. spelled N T H A B I S E N G mm-hmm. at Quali Health Q U A L I H E A L T A. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. So thank you so much for, for joining us on the show this evening. For our listeners, if you are um, as overwhelmed and as fascinated with this uh, disruptive idea as I am, um, then you definitely want to visit www.qualihealth.co.za um, as well as perhaps sending an email to Ntabi Singh, N-T-H-A-B-I-S-E-N-G at qualihealth.co.za. Dr. Lekhote, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the line. I wish you only the best for the future. Um, I think I'm literally like girl fanning here. I'm so excited about <laughs> what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. But keep going and definitely a South African that we should be so, so proud of. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and thanks for the audience and your, your listeners for listening. And yeah, um, I love the show and keep on keeping on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great evening. So that was Dr. Ntavi Singh Lakhote, the founder of Quali Health in Deep Slot. I think for an organization that's been running for just a few months, they've made absolutely amazing strides.